0: Welcome to Saving the Game. I'm Peter. And I'm Jenny. And unfortunately, we are grantless this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Poor Grant is sick. The hazards of having young children and the lack of sleep and constant exposure to the germs of not only your children, but all the children they go to school with Mm -hmm. that that provides. We hope to have him back for next episode, but for this one, we've got another shorter bonus episode. Uh, We're going to be continuing our Biblical Figures series that we kind of do when we're missing a host, so... Mm -hmm. I don't think I really have anything major in the way of news. Do you, Jenny?
1: Not in particular, no.
0: Okay. And as usual on these, we do not do a Patreon question because we like to have all three of us here for those. Mm -hmm. I guess without any further ado, let's just dive into scripture. Do you want to take the big chunk of Judges (laughs) or the small chunk of Judges?
1: Uh, I can take the big chunk of Judges. I can do that one. Okay. Alrighty. So Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 16. The angel of the Lord came down and sat under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian." The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive.
0: And this is Judges 8, 22 through 25 The Israelites said to Gideon, Rule over us, you, your son, and your grandson, because you have saved us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon told them, I will not rule over you, nor will my son rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. And he said, I do have one request, that each of you give me an earring from your share of the plunder. It was the custom of the Ishmaelites to wear gold earrings. They answer, we'll be glad to give them. So they spread out a garment, and each of them threw a ring from his plunder onto it. Alrighty. So our topic this week, um, as you probably have guessed, is Gideon. Yes. Uh, who gets three chapters in the Book of Judges. hmm and um, kind of a fascinating dude. One of the people in the Bible who is absolutely, positively, without any question or doubt, a player character. Absolutely. And if you doubt me for a moment, just listen to this summary of his story that Jenny has written and is about to share with you.
1: <laughs> okay, here we go. So the chapters, the, the three chapters, chapters six through eight, they do separate story beats very well. So chapter six is really about the Lord choosing Gideon to be the one to bring the Israelites out of oppression. So Israel is currently in the hands of the Midianites because they did evil in the sight of the Lord as seems to happen so very frequently in the book of Judges. They can't even grow their own food because of the level of oppression they experience. Like the Midianites come through on a regular basis to basically just just mess with their land. They, they aren't like salting and burning it. They're, they're just messing with it. They come there, they stomp all over it. They let their cows all like feast on, on all of the, the wheat that they try to grow, etc., etc. They can't even have like farm animals out. It's a really rough time. All this oppression was happening because, specifically, the Israelites had started to worship uh, the god Baal. More on that later. So, an a, an angel of the Lord appears to Gideon while he's doing some secret farming. He's he's threshing wheat in a big barrel used for stomping out grapes.
0: Yeah, covert farming is how our our story starts. <laughs>
1: yes, um, <laughs> the angel calls Gideon a, a mighty warrior. To start off. And Gideon's like, well, um, the, the, this really isn't a great time, you know, and it really doesn't feel like God is with us at all. I'm having to do secret wheat threshing. Um, I'm not really, we're really not having a good time. And then the Lord says, well, Someone's got to do the heavy lifting in removing this oppressive regime, and I've chosen you. Now, here's here's another interesting thing. The Lord and the Angel of the Lord seem quite interchangeable in this, or, or it feels like there was sort of um, a story beat missed. Like, maybe there, there was... The Lord himself and an angel of the Lord, or maybe the angel was a very direct mouthpiece. I, I don't know. Uh, you see this a couple other times in the Old Testament, like during a, a wrestling story that I'd love to talk about on another bonus episode. But <laughs> yeah, so, so there's this sort of weird narrative gap we're left with. The, the Lord and the angel of the Lord are rather interchangeable. Anyway, the Lord says, hey, Gideon, I think you can do this thing. And Gideon's like, I'm the baby of the family." I don't know anything, and my family is the smallest family in the area. This really is not the good a good job for me. And the Lord says, well, I'll be with you so you can literally just kill all the Midianites. Just wipe them out. Done. Now, Gideon, he's he's a pretty suspicious guy. So he asks for a sign. He, he literally says, wait, don't go anywhere. Stay right there. I need to make an offering to you, and then you've got to prove that you're really the Lord and that you aren't trying to trick me. So he goes inside and preps a secret goat. A secret farming goat for sacrifice, um, and makes some bread out of 36 pounds of flour.
0: Of secret flour. Of Let's secret not forget flour. about that. 36
1: this pounds. There's a lot of
0: secret flour that this guy grabs. Yeah. It's like a big heavy sack.
1: Yeah. So he brings out the unleavened bread and the goat. And the, the angel does what I thought of as a very like Chris Angel style magic trick, basically vanishes it all in a puff of fire, and then the angel disappears. And then uh, Gideon is freaking out. He's like, oh, my goodness, I've seen the face of the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So he makes an altar and the Lord speaks to him during this time and and is basically like, don't be afraid. You aren't going to die for having seen or talked to me that it's not that big a deal. It's fine. So then God asks Gideon to remove his father's altar to Baal, the god of the Amorites, which the Israelites had been worshiping for a fair while, and put up an altar to the Lord instead and sacrifice a young bull there. Um, Yeah.
0: And he also has him tear down this Asherah pole. And then hmm. I love this like little screw you to Baal note in here. (laughs) The Lord actually tells him to use the wood from the Asherah pole as the fuel for the sacrifice that he's going to do later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, cut that thing down, hack it into pieces, and then burn it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So Gideon's like, okay, I'll do that. But because he doesn't want to, you know, stir anything up in town, he does it secretly at night. He gets a bunch of servants together, and they all do it secretly. Um, he's really, really nervous about what the people of the town and his his dad especially will think.
0: This begins Gideon's player character
1: Yes. So this does stir up the town a bit, as it would happen. <laughs> and they're like, oh my goodness, what a bad kid. They they blame it on him, and his dad stands up for him. And he's like, eh, eh, eh you know, whatever. Anyway, they give him a new name uh, called Jurab Baal, which means let Baal contend. And they think that Baal is going to do just terrible, terrible things to Gideon for messing up his altar. Spoilers, that's not how it works. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... At this point, the Midianites and the Amalekites have joined forces to mess with the Israelites again. And so they've set up camp. Uh, They cross the Jordan to be just barely on the the Jordan side of where Israel is is, uh, hanging out. So they set up a camp there and the spirit calls Gideon to gather his own forces, which he does. He sends messengers to gather people from a whole lot of different places um, in the area so that they can take down the Midianites once and for all, forever. Now Gideon's like, oh, I think I've started I think I've started something. <laughs> I've put events <a> <laughs> in motion. I'm real nervous. Is this really is this really God that's asking me to do this stuff? So he asks God, he's like, hey, I need another sign, please. And God is like, uh, okay, what is it? Gideon's like, I'm going to put some wool outside overnight. And when I wake up, if the wool is wet, but the ground is dry of dew, I'll believe you. Sure enough. Next morning, he wakes up. He goes outside. The wool is soaking wet. He he like rings it out into a bucket, gets a full bucket of water out of it. Ground's completely dry. He's like, OK, but really this
0: time I just need one more. Well, and the thing is, he probably has a thought of, oh, crud, this would have soaked up the dew. The ground's not absorbing. It would yeah. have, uh, I yeah. picked a bad test. OK. Yeah.
1: So, so, so this time, God, this time I'm going to leave out the wool. And if it's dry this time, but the, all the ground is wet, then... Then I'll know it's you. Then I'll know it's you for sure. Sure enough, he wakes up. The wool is dry. The ground is wet. And we Got now his know for sure. face a little bit. <laughs> now we really know as if the, the first sign of all of that food that you made disappearing in a puff of fire wasn't enough for you.
0: Well, you know, that was a while ago.
1: Yeah, it was a little while ago. <laughs> so chapter seven, all of the army that Gideon has mustered is all together. And God says... You know what? There's too many people here because you guys just straight up have the manpower to do this. But if you just do it with like just pure manpower, the Israelites won't believe in me. They won't believe that I did this for you. Um, it'll be credit to the strength of man, but not the strength of God. So God asked Gideon to set up two trials for the soldiers. So he was basically just like tell anybody who's like afraid to just go. They don't have to. So literally, I I think it was 20. It was like,
0: yeah, it was like half or two thirds of his forces like, oh, thank goodness and went back home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then they came across a stream and Gideon was asked to pick out anybody who lapped from their cupped hands like a dog and anybody who knelt down to drink directly from the river. They had to go. So, Gideon went from a 32,000 man army to a 300 man army in two fell swoops.
0: But these two tests weeded out everybody who was going to have morale problems and anybody who didn't pay attention to their surroundings.
1: That is very true. But still, that's a decimated army. Literally oh, decimated. Yeah. Oh, no. Cut it's in it's 10. more like
0: sentenated. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Cut in 10 would be 3,000. This is oh, cut yeah, in 100. Yeah, no,
1: I m- can't do math. Anyway. 300 men left, but they kept all of the trumpets and all of the food and all the provisions and stuff. So
0: this becomes important later in the story. <laughs> it
1: does. They're set. So at night, God wakes Gideon up and tells him to go down the hill uh, because they're, the Midianites have sort of set themselves up behind a mountain, like on the other side of the mountain from the Israelites. And he says, go down the hill to the Midianite camp and just eavesdrop. Just, you know, listen, listen a little bit. So Gideon goes with one of his servants and this this servant was actually named, which means that this servant was probably really freaking close to Gideon. So probably like best buds. So they go down and they overhear two guys, probably guards, uh, talking about a dream that one of them had that involved a huge round of bread rolling into camp and completely crushing a tent. And so this makes Gideon like really, really confident. It's it's a huge confidence boost to him. It's another sign. Yes, this is the right thing to do. Um, and also, this is a good time to strike like right now.
0: What One almost pictures like the size of a round of bread that you would make from 36 pounds of yeah. flour.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, unleavened, though. That was unleavened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no yeast there. But yeah. anyway, so Gideon and his servant run back to camp. They wake everybody up. They all get trumpets and a lot of clay pots that they place over top of torches to, to hide the, t- the uh, torchlight. They gather around the top of the hill. They're split into thirds. So on, 100 men are with Gideon, and they, there's another 200 men spread out. Gideon and company all blow their trumpets all at once and break the clay pots. And the other 200 uh, men yell, scream out a sword for the Lord and for Gideon, which, by the way, they were told by Gideon to say something else. They added in a sword. It was supposed to be just for the Lord and for Gideon, but they added a a sword for the Lord and Gideon. (laughs) And then they break their clay pots and blow the trumpets. This freaks the Midianites out so bad they all just get up and scramble. They're out. And Gideon then calls for the locals from Ephraim to hold the land they've just taken. And so that's the end of chapter seven. Now, chapter eight features the Great Chase. Um, it's a little bit of a shorter chapter in some ways, but it, it's it's basically them chasing down the Midianites. So Gideon is chasing the Midianites through various towns that don't really want to help them. He's like, Hey, can my guys have some bread? We're chasing down these, these people. And they're like, Eh, you haven't proven you can do anything. <laughs>
0: And he's like, well,
1: I guess I'm just going to have to kill you when I get back then. And so they they go through, they capture the two kings of Midian, uh, Zeba and Zalmona, and they rout the Midianite army. And so uh, Gideon goes back through those towns that said, no, we don't want to help you. And he does do those really violent things. He like whips them with thorn whips. Like he's doing this to elders. He's doing this to elders of the town. And he kills all of the men of another town while just destroying their huge tower, which is like... a I have major problems with this because that leaves basically the women completely unable to live at all. That's not yeah, nice. Yeah, in that
0: society, that was, yeah.
1: Killing all of the men basically meant that all of your literal manpower was gone and you were unable to support anything. Um, and that's absolutely terrible. This is this is the part where I really, really started to personally dislike Gideon a lot. So Yeah,
0: a lot of the judges were not nice people. Yeah, definitely at not. All.
1: Interesting characters, but I would know. Anyway. So Gideon, yeah. uh, he's he's still got these two kings that have been captured, and he orders his son, who is notedly still a child, to kill Zeba and Zalmona. But his son is too scared. And Zeba and Zalmona are like, eh, just do it yourself, buddy. And so Gideon kills them. And he takes their camel's fancy neck ornaments, you know, kill the guys and loot their bodies. And the Israelites now ask Gideon to rule over them because, wow, you did this amazing thing. Gideon says, nope, I think God should rule you, but I'd really like all of the gold earrings you collected from the people you killed. So they give him 48 pounds worth of gold earrings and he forges them into an ephod, which is then worshipped in his hometown,
0: which. So, yeah, that didn't go quite how he was hoping that it would. (laughs) No,
1: it didn't. And so then Israel had peace for 40 years. Gideon died and the Israelites immediately went back to worshipping Baal. So not the best ending to a story, but that's just how it was. And that's how it is for most of the book of Judges. So that's just what you're in for if you start wading into Judges.
0: (sighs) Yeah. So I think after that summary, you can agree with us that Gideon is clearly a player character.
1: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh.
0: Uh, he's super suspicious of anyone who gives him a job, needs continual proof of the employer's identity, and needs continual confidence boosts. Mm-hmm.
1: He's also very much a kill them all and loot the bodies kind of guy. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> the amount of 48 pounds of
0: gold. Well, and I, I like also that he's got this vengeful streak. Yeah. And it's a, it's not totally without cause. I mean, not feeding your, your army when you're literally chasing the enemies of your people through the, the territory is mm-hmm. kind of bad. Yeah. But his vengefulness is just like totally disproportionate. Uh-huh. Fine. We had to dip deeper into our supply chain, so now we're going to come back and commit an atrocity on your tongue. Wh- what?
1: Also, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. They had supplies from tens of thousands of men to feed 300. They were not lacking for anything. Like, I don't buy that for a second that they were lacking for anything.
0: Yeah. It just, It's. I think it was more of like a symbolic power play kind of a I, thing It here, was absolutely
1: and a power play. Absolutely.
0: And it's just like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah really
1: though really he's he's also like undoubtedly a good battlefield commander like he's he's yeah. pretty tactical although it's it's pretty clear he also definitely took some of his most clever tricks directly from God's instructions and he was still using what was what amounted to a commando force yeah tiny group of people completely routing a large army like i I believe their army was in uh around the a little over ten thousand range
0: which yeah largely due to psychological warfare and dirty tricks yep like a special forces unit yep <laughs> <laughs> so. Obviously, there's, you know, there's some stuff that you can use for upsetting texture from good old Gideon here. Mm-hmm. The first one actually shows up in just like the first couple verses of the story about him. People being oppressed will get up to clever, sneaky things mm-hmm. like we're introduced to Gideon as he is doing, as Jenny described, secret farming, Yeah, threshing grain in a wine press. Like,
1: yeah, a, a little more detail there. The Israelites could not physically live in the fields. They had to live in caves in the mountains at this point. So the fact that they were able to hide seven bulls. That this is mentioned as well. Uh, like Gideon had to take the second of seven young bulls for a sacrifice. They had. They were able to hide bulls. They were able to hide goats. They were able to hide all of this food. Unfortunately, they had to, but they were able to. That takes a, a certain amount of of clever thinking.
0: Yeah, I, I also kind of liked the idea that the um, the Midianites were not doing like you know, your traditional like bellum romanum, you know, come Mm -hmm. in, crush everybody, kill everything that's alive, salt the fields, burn everything down, salt it again, burn it again. (laughs) It's just like, nah, we're just going to completely disregard the fact that this is your field. We're going to camp here. We're going to let our cows eat it. We're going to march right through here, you know, trample all of your little shoots that are coming out of the ground and stuff. It's like, that's a really like passive aggressive form of oppression, but it could make for some interesting setting texture. It almost makes me think of the way that, like bandits would operate or something
1: yeah it's just like a complete disrespect
0: yeah total just disregard and just kind of like a well what are you gonna do about it kind of thing yeah so i I alluded to this a little bit earlier but the whole like drinking water from cupped palms lapping like a dog thing it might seem like an odd test but if you if you kind of like hold your hands up to your face while you're crouching you'll realize that your head is still up while Mm -hmm. you're doing that so it keeps from cutting your situational awareness off, and that's important for a small elite unit like this. So, mm-hmm.
1: Especially considering the plan that God had in the beginning, which would involve, you know, not getting sneaked up upon in the middle of the night. It involves a lot of awareness.
0: Yeah, not making undue noise as you're sneaking up on them with your mm-hmm. clay jars and your torches. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you need kind of the the guys that aren't going to lose their nerve. Are going to pay attention to what's going on and are going to be clever and sneaky enough to actually see this plan through. So I did also kind of like the uh, the fleece test. I thought it's not quite the book of Jonah funny, but (laughs) it is definitely one of the funnier things that you'll find in the Old Testament where it's like you can see Gideon get up and, you know, just wring this copious amount of water out of this Uh thing and be like, oh, wait i did this wrong yeah
1: and also there's a but what if kind of thing there too it's like yeah he would be the contingency plan player in in a in a group
0: of pcs oh yeah this guy's totally the tactician yes he, i mean he's he's he, i i you know i go back to the introduction we meet gideon as he's threshing grain in a wine press <laughs> you know, it's like this is definitely the guy with all the crazy ideas yeah
1: and god you know what god meets us in the strangest (laughs) places yeah (laughs) so uh yeah a bit of a shorter episode but we expected that
0: yeah these these biblical figure ones are are probably going to be short most of the Mm -hmm. time you might actually see us do maybe two or three of these that are longer with some of the really big folks Mm -hmm. i would think maybe like Moses, David and the apostle Paul, might. Yeah. You know, meritful on actual episode episodes, but mm-hmm. most of the other folks, you know, they they get a fairly small amount of text time. Yeah. But uh there's definitely a lot of interesting people in the in the Bible and mm-hmm. this is a a good thing to give Grant a little bit of a break while he's sick. Absolutely. Yeah. That said, I think this is about all I've got on Gideon. How about you?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, same here. All I right. I would recommend if, if you're looking for just, and I bet we're, we're going to cover other people in the book of Judges, but the book of Judges is excellent fodder for your game. It just is. There's a lot of really cool stories in there. It's just basically about a, a bunch of people kicking butt and taking names.
0: All right. And uh, with that, we will see you next time. See you later, folks. See ya. This has been a production of Saving the Game. All episodes are produced and published under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, share-alike license. Our logo is by Ruben Smith Zimple of 3d6design.com. Our music is The Promised Place Beyond the Clouds by James Opie. You can find more of his music at nyhalor.com. To hear our past episodes, to find syndication and license details, to connect with our fantastic listener community, or to contact us or support our show through Patreon, visit our website at stgcast.org or savingthegamepodcast.org. God bless, do good, and happy gaming.